Okay, that was that was a race weekend. Racing technically happened this past weekend. Uh, so I guess we have to start the show with collective misery about the Mercedes this weekend. And so we're going to do just that. And I warn you that it's probably just going to be us sad. And we'll give you some fun data about why we're sad and why... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay, so moving on. In a more fun way, race weekend means podiums. And we have really two really great ones for you this week. Nicole is gonna do her best quotes of the race weekend, and I'm gonna rate Lewis Hamilton's fashion this week. They all could be P1, but I will give you a P3, P2, and P1 uh, as an excuse to talk about everything off track, because everything off track was a lot of fun this week. Of course, we wrap up talk on the race with a recap of your thoughts via our race weekend polls. Then there are two really fun sponsorship stories in the world of motorsport this week, and they come in the realm of two of our favorite things, beauty brands and Star Wars. Lastly, we have a new edition of Grill the Gridwalk Host. I'm going to be seeing how well Nicole can guess F1 concepts based on the drawings that F1 drivers did. Lastly, as always, we end the show with Yellow Sector Notes, one story you should know from every team on the grid. Before we wrap up the formation lap, uh, next week's Gridwalk episode will be our Vegas GP preview. It's an episode we're particularly excited about. If there's anything you really want us to discuss next week, we're going to be discussing everything from the business and sponsorship of it, the viewership, the ticket sales, also on track preview because it's our, it's the first time they're going to be racing this track sport. Spoiler alert, it's going to be awful for Mercedes. But if there's anything in particular that you're like, I need Gridwalk to talk about this, please let us know either in the comments of our YouTube video or DM, DM us on social at Gridwalk Show on any platform. We want to be able to tailor this exciting episode to you. Also, second programming note, next week, the Braun documentary drops on either Disney Plus or Hulu, depending on where you are in the world. We do plan on covering it in a bonus mini episode about a week after its release to give everyone time to watch it. So reach out similarly if you have any coverage wishes for that mini series. Is, is it a documentary or a mini series? Mini series, four episodes. Yeah, yeah, okay. I remembered that correctly, yay. Um, we, we basically just want to create content that you all want to listen to and engage in and see. So whether it's the Vegas GP or this Braun doc, please let us know what you want to hear from us. But that wraps up the formation lap for episode 42 of Gridwalk, a weekly Formula One podcast that believes there are fascinating stories to discuss across the entire F1 grid. As always, there are time codes in the description of this episode for ease of navigating around the topics we discuss. You know, for the ease of me navigating around the words I write for myself to say. Don't forget to like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. If you're listening on any audio platform, please hit the follow button, turn on auto downloads, and leave us a review. These are all things that greatly help support Gridwalk. Cold ground on our wind up on the grid. It's lights out. Away we go on this week's Gridwalk. The only race that the W14 can win is RuPaul's Drag Race. Say it again, louder for those in the back. I have been trying for days to figure out how to work some kind of like drag, drag race, W14, Mercedes stroke. And Brianna literally said it in, in words right before I pressed record. So I stole that immediately right away. Although As you should. It was winning it from you. Yeah. Winning RuPaul's Drag Race is such a compliment that I don't think the W14 can do that. So it's different drags. <laughs> no, but I would love to see it try. You know, I just, I would love to see the W14 succeed at something. And if it's going to be draggy, at least go, like, hang out with the drag queens. Like, and it can be incredible in some area of the world. Because it's not good at being a race car, but maybe it can be a drag queen. Maybe. But anyway, Brazil, this was just a nightmare to watch. We have to talk about on track now, and then we could talk about all the fun off track. Right. So... We knew that Mercedes was a draggy car. But this weekend was unbelievable. Some data to explain just how draggy this car is. Mercedes lost all its time in Sector 3. So Lando was the fastest driver in Sector 3. His fastest sector, sector, 
fast i really you know what to everyone listening like there's gonna be a point in this episode where i decide not to cut out every time i mess up something which i normally do and i'm gonna give up because it's iron flame release week and i just want to listen to my book and have a quick edit this week so if you're listening sorry for making you listen to me stumble over my words for most of this episode happy iron flame release week to those celebrating all right back to the data <laughs> thank you thank you for letting me rant there nicole Lando Norris, Sector 3, 16.289. Max Verstappen, the second fastest, at a 16.345. Lewis Hamilton, who was the faster of the two Mercedes in the sector, was 16.570. It's a million years. That's a million (laughs) years. In F1 times, it is. Especially considering in Sector 2, their times were like on par with Lando and faster than Max. And in Sector 1 they lost less than a tenth to the Red Bulls and were faster than Lando. So, and this is, by the way, I'm pulling all these numbers from the sprint shootout just because those were the numbers I had pulled. Um, But, like, they're relevant. They're good enough to talk about. This is what you get for having a sprint weekend and there being two qualifying sessions and it all be confusing. And we all, and everyone watched Sunday, and, you know, we're not necessarily right. celebrating a Mercedes on a podium Positive. here, and necessarily feel it all, woo, this week, yeah, you know, it was unbelievably frustrating to watch, and just as the race went on, like, the dropping of the pace, and, like, oh, it was, it, it was so unbelievably aggravating, because you kind of, like, felt like we were, like, getting somewhere, and going somewhere, and upgrades were working, and we're being able to see the difference, and the race pace was so beautiful, and then, like, as the weekend was going on, and Sector 3 was just, like, infecting my nightmares, and then just Sunday came and went, and it was as painful to watch as I had anticipated being. They uh, lost to the Alpine. Yeah, it's real The rough. Alpine were the other car that garage thought it was a good idea to do a three-stop. <laughs> and they... So the other data is you can um, get... So I think people are accustomed to seeing speed trap speeds, but you can also get speeds at different points in the track that's reported. One of them is the finish line speed. And I think as we all groaned and watched the Mercedes have to get passed over and over again on that main straight and get slow and slow. Were you curious what their what their, their speed times looked like at the finish line, Nicole? And I know Probably you know like the four, answer to this. Like four. They, they went four. Four is yeah, the answer. They, at that point, I felt like I could outrun them at the finish line. So Lando Norris in qualifying was the fastest driver at the finish line. And his speed was 3-3-3. The fastest Mercedes at the finish line was George Russell. And he was the 19th fastest driver at the, on the grid at the finish line. Lewis Hamilton was the 20th. And they both went 320. 13 kilometers per hour slower than the fastest car at the finish line. I don't even know what to do with that. I tend to love the number 13 for, like, the obvious reasons. Um, Not this time. Do not enjoy. How dare you? This is rude. 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 No. Pass. Thanks. I I was using Lando because he was the fastest, but I was also using Lando because they're the same power units. This is a product of the car being draggy, not the power unit being bad. And I... Like, yes, I hear all the excuses and blah, blah, blah. And like, it's a Frankenstein car. And like, I get all the talking points, Mercedes. I get it. But I am tired and I'm done. And if I read Toto's quotes correctly this week, I think he is tired and done. And I just am, I'm scared for Vegas. It's going to be bad. It's going to be, it's going to be so bad. It's, oh my God. I'm allergic. I'm allergic to Vegas and Mercedes. I'm allergic to all of it happening. I literally can't even talk about it because it's going to be, it's going to be so bad that I'm just, my body is sneezing at the idea. Since I definitely will cut 
out the sneeze uh, to everyone. I just cut out the sneeze um, because I don't. I didn't think you all needed. It was a to horrible hear... sneeze. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I didn't think you all needed to hear in your ears Nicole's sneeze. Like I'm not going to cut out my stumbling this week, but I will cut out Nicole's sneeze to save your ears. <laughs> well, unlike the Mercedes, did not save my eyeballs this week, but I will save your ears. My podium this weekend is. Uh, my top Lewis fashion moments of the weekend. One of my favorite podiums that we do all the time. I know. And this weekend was particularly hard because I loved every single one of his outfits. But I had to go with P3 Friday, the soccer tracksuit. I loved the tracksuit. I loved what it meant even more because it was either actually vintage from the 90s or a replica 90s tracksuit that a lot of people were connecting to the moment where the Brazilian national team did the tribute to Senna. Lewis has always talked about how Senna is his idol. Uh, and I just liked that he went all in on Brazil this weekend, considering he is an honorary Brazilian citizen now and Priscilla loves Lewis as he deserves. It was his second home race weekend. And it, he basically like did the same thing for the British GP this year. <laughs> all custom British fits and then all custom Brazil fits. He did, fits. like, yeah. they're unbelievably similar now that I'm thinking of them in my uh -huh. brain. Yep, the styling was very close. Um, but like I said, everything he wore this weekend could be a P1, but something had to be P3. And also something has to be P2. And my P2 was Saturday quali, like the botanical flower fit. Okay, good. We're, we're aligning. I got, I, I was getting really like, what is she going to do here? Oh, I meant to ask you, would that have been your P3? This probably would have been my P3, but I just, there's something about a, a matching tracksuit that like really just scratches my brain in like the greatest way. Yeah. So, but I mean, again, everything could always be a P1. And then similarly, there's something about wearing art that really scratches my personal brain in like such a way. Uh, I couldn't do the research, like I couldn't figure out the finality of the research, but I do think there is some crossover of the botanical flowers he was wearing and flowers that are often associated with Brazil. It, it's not their national flower, but a lot of people consider strands of orchids, national Brazilian flowers, and it does look like an orchid. They're, all I'm saying is there was clearly intent with that selection, whether or not it was Easter right egg. on the nose, like the Brazilian football team tracksuit was mm -hmm. right on the nose. And then of course, P1 was Thursday, the custom fit. The Brazilian flag, spray paint, Senna on the back, I, the scream, I scrubbed. Like, it bow down as Nicole is doing on the video right now. It could not have been a more perfect fit. And it was one of the weird weekends where I felt like he started higher and became more casual as the weekend went on. When normally Lewis does the opposite where his Sunday fit is like insane, but he started on Thursday with one of the more, most insane pieces I've seen him wear all season. I can't believe he didn't wear that on race day. And I get media day is the day, like literally in the name media day, but then the Sunday fit and nothing against the Sunday fit. We love the Sunday fit. We love any time that Lewis Hamilton wears a red sweater vest. We've seen him wear a couple of them, which is great again and totally fine. But that Senna custom piece was again, literal artwork, really beautiful and just a great way to kick off the weekend, but also would have been a great race day fit. I wonder if Lewis understood that the race weekend was going to go that way on track. And he was just like, let's start out with a bang this weekend. <laughs> because if we had to see sad Lewis show up on the race day in that fit on Sunday, like it really wouldn't have worked. 100% uh, that's it. Yeah, he's like this. Uh, I'm going to wear all red. Just drag me. Oh, just kidding. The W14 will do it for you. <laughs> oh. Man, the blood from the daggers that the Mercedes cars keep stabbing him oh. with. Yeah. Oh, he really should have worn all black in mourning his season. 100%. But I really, really loved, it was a custom outfit, but it was based on something this designer had done, but he completely made 
a unique one with this artwork for Lewis. Yeah, anytime Lewis gets something custom made, I'm going to obsess over it. And when we eventually do our fashion season review, I, I will be stunned if this doesn't end up be one. Yeah, yeah, there's, I mean, and at least once a weekend, we'll get a good custom piece from Lewis. So probably all of our po moments will just be custom this, custom this, custom this. That was particularly hard today. I don't know why. Words are difficult. <laughs> Woo! One of my favorite podiums to do after a race weekend is my favorite radios of the weekend. And I wouldn't necessarily say that these radios that I'm about to present are my favorite of the weekend, but they just matched my vibe. They matched my emotions. They matched just the overall feelings that I left Sunday with. They're the best quotes of the weekend, but that doesn't mean you like them. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're definitely the, the yeah. Best quotes <laughs> of the weekend doesn't always necessarily mean the most positive quotes. So, coming really hot right out the gates. P3, George Russell, help me. Plain and simple. Let me, me watching Mercedes, me watching this race. I, uh, I mean, he, George had a lot of radios this weekend, which you don't have time to get into all of that right now because this podcast, we try to keep at an hour um, sometimes, <laughs> but help me, period. This really sums up everything that we've talked about with Mercedes and where I'm at. So thank you, George, for just summing that up perfectly. The multi-viewer AI transcription of it also was incredible because it was just help me, period. And like seeing that come up on the scroll. Was... Right, right. And that's where, you know, like help me with strategy, but just reading it. Nope, help me. Thank no, you. That's me. it. P2. <laughs> Alonzo's team engineer. Mercedes is dying. So the real full description of this, Alonzo's trying to figure out, Mercedes, what's happening? And the full quote, Mercedes are dying. They're dying. They're behind signs and are dying. Again. Yeah, me too. That's how I felt. Help me. And I think that they're dying. Thank you. And we can just, that's it. That's self-explanatory here. Yep. And the last one, shockingly, I mean, I guess maybe not shockingly, doesn't, like, have to do with Mercedes. Because P1 is Charles Leclerc, why am I so unlucky? Why am I so unlucky? I just, I felt bad using that sound, like, using our P1 sound. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Poor child. Like, yo, you don't know why you're so unlucky either. That written out list, if anyone's seen it, like going around on the internet, that breaks down every single race for Charles. He is so unbelievably unlucky. It, the race didn't even start. We were sa like, everything was in a relatively good place, like going into this weekend for him. And then just the, why am I so unlucky? I saw somebody else tweet, like, why him? He's asking this. That means he's been thinking about this. It's like, of course he's been thinking about this. It was the most Charles radio. I have ever heard Charles Charles and just felt really perfect and fitting to sum up uh, this season for him. Um, he didn't even get to start the race. Bahrain DNF, Saudi penalty, Australia DNF, Baku no issues, P2 in the sprint and P3 in the race. So good things happen when he doesn't have issues. Miami, his fault. The car was terrible, though. Monaco penalty, Spain problems in quali, pit lane start, Canada strategy issues in quali, Austria penalty and sprint shootout, P2 in the race had no issues. Silverstone electrical issue and FP2 strategy issues in the race. Hungary, nine second pit stop, no water. Spa, no issues, P3 in the race. Netherlands, DNF. Monza, no issues, question mark, P4 in the race. The person who did this wasn't quite sure, and I, I think they were right that Monza technically didn't have any issues. Uh, Singapore, cooling issues during the race, some strategy issues. Japan, no issues, P4 in the race. Qatar, penalty in the sprint, maximized in the race. Austin, disqualified. Mexico, no issues, P3 in the race. Brazil, lift and coast during the whole sprint did not start because his engine failed and the hydraulics failed and it sent him into a wall that is suit when you see a formation lap and you see a ferrari radio pop up as soon as it starts you know things are going bad but yeah so it seems like charles 2023 season could be summed up as either like p3 no issues or wow everything's a nightmare 
Brazil GP Pulse. So a reminder, if you don't follow us on Instagram, you should follow us at Gridwalk Show. After the race, uh, depending on the time of day, so either immediately afterwards or the next morning, we and post depending- polls on how uh, well Mercedes performs and how, uh, when the Eagles play and how the Eagles play. Within 12 hours of the end of the race, polls will pop up on our Instagram story because we wanna hear what you all think about the moments of the race. Uh, So poll number one this week was, was Max just toying with Lando at the start of the race? Options were yes and no. I wanted an actual answer to this one. Before I give the results, Nicole, what do you think? 100%. I saw Max had the opportunity to be like, oh, this is going to be fun. I'm going to race Lando and then I'm going to fly away. And that's exactly what happened. Like it was like a one time, like two time of like, oh, he's like, let's give the, you know, commentators something to talk about for two seconds. And then suddenly there's like a almost four second gap. Like, no, 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 no. This leads into a future question, so I'll pause on my comments on the sprint race in a second. But yeah, I think in one lap, he was 2.2 seconds ahead. Like, the gap was insane in about a lap, a lap and a half. So yeah. And guess what? Everyone who voted said the same. Not a single person said no. Everyone knew that Max was just toying with Lando. So question number two, how many DNFs are too many DNFs in the race? The options I gave were three, four, five or more, or no such thing. There's never too many DNFs in a race. Nicole, what did you vote? I think I said five or more. There was just something in my brain about thinking 25% of the grid is not finishing the race that I'm like, that's a that's a, a problem. I, I feel similar that like that many people not finishing the race. I also, I think I get, it depends on like, why they didn't finish the race. And I don't love like crashing out being the reason uh, like there's things out of control like if you know engines failed and randomness for sure but i agree like once you hit 25 percent of the grid honestly even four at 20 percent of the grid is out of the race i get a little frustrated i even think about the four thing and then always also comes down to like i think in my brain if i'm seeing like oh wow both ferraris you know power units failed and <laughs> just you know, haas <laughs> took out a haas like that seems a little bit more like understandable of four drivers than like, you know, Charles hydraulics go and then K mag and out like oh, everything that just happened, like slowly, but surely you just see like one more fall and like, yeah. look, Danny thing, Ricardo like... made it out of that garage somehow after a tire went flying. So we're all just, yep. And him and Piastri just like circled around the back the whole race. Cause they Australian GP down. round two. Australian GP, let's go. <laughs> Testing laps, woo! Um, so this poll was a tie. 44% said five or more is when they feel like it's too many. And 44% said no such thing. That they, And I disagree with the people voting that because if I said that 15 of the 20 drivers ended up not finishing the race, you probably would think that's too much. But maybe not. You. Yeah. Should should F1 be allowed to race during the NFL window? The options were no too many sports at once, or that is a you problem, Brianna. <laughs> Giving myself away is the person who writes the polls. And the winner was 78% said that was a me problem. And I knew it was a me problem, and that is okay. <laughs> so thank you. But I was upset about it while writing the poll. And I the did 22% vote percent of- with you. <laughs> I knew you would. And oh my the 22%... god, it's an overwhelming majority, though. That's so funny. <laughs> to the 22% of you who said, no, that's too many and agreed with me, I see you. But yeah, no, I know it's a me problem. Moving on. <laughs> Did Aston Martin figure it out? The options are, yes, they're back. Option two is, unsure. I think it might be a one-off result. And option three is, Mercedes just had an off week. And a little background to that third one there is... I always said that if you looked at the gap between Aston Martin and Red Bull at the beginning of the season, well, Aston Martin did do really well compared to their last year self. There was a Ferrari and Mercedes size gap between the Red Bull and Aston Martin every single week. So what did you think this week? Yes, unsure, or Mercedes just had an off week? 
I don't remember what I voted, but my opinion in life is a ah, one-off week and Mercedes had an off week. So like a little bit of, of both of those is where I feel. Well, that is where people landed. 60% of people said, I'm sure, I think it might just be a one-off result. 30% of people said Mercedes just had an off week. And only 10% said, yes, they are back. I'm with you. I, I think it could be one. I think both, those aren't mutually exclusive. Those are two of the same thoughts. I, I'm unsure, and Mercedes definitely had an off week. Sprint weekends. Still ruined the suspense for Sunday. Really ruined the suspense for Sunday. Why are they? Why were they pretending Lando could win today? Why were we pretending? That was like I. This felt silly. I felt like someone was like being like, "Oh, Santa Claus is coming. You gotta go to sleep." And I'm like, "What do you mean? He's not real, and Lando's not gonna beat Max Verstappen." We all saw Lando lose to Max in the sprint by nine seconds, and you're trying to pretend for two laps like this is real. Yeah, fifty-seven percent of people went. Why are they pretending Lando could win today? 29% said really ruined the suspense for Sunday. And 14% had still ruined the suspense for Sunday. And yes, I gave no option for saying the sprint was a good idea. Bad. <laughs> All bad. If I'm going to read the polls, I'm going to be biased. <laughs> did the end of the race, did the end of race excitement, which was the most incredible race to the finish I think I've seen in, ever. I. It's been the, a while. Whoa, the photos, insane. So did that end of race excitement help Paris? Options were made him look good, made him look bad. We know he isn't staying in the Red Bull seat, so eh. Yeah, I'm falling surprised. If you listen to last week's episode, um, I picked the last one. I, you know, I don't think it's going to necessarily make a difference because, again, Checo wasn't racing Max to the finish, to <laughs> clarify. But it was still fun to watch, but he wasn't chasing Max. Yeah, so the winner of this poll was a tie between we know he isn't staying in the Red Bull seat, so shrug, with made him look good. And I don't see any world where him not being able to pass Alonso for 20 laps and then losing to him on a race to the finish line in a Red Bull that Max won the race by like nearly a minute in made Checo look good. I think it makes him look good to Williams. Like, uh, yeah, I don't think... Him, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it makes him look good to places he doesn't want to go to. So there's a certain group that makes him look good. And it makes him look good, I guess, in the general, like, wow, look at, like, Alonzo and Perez, you know, racing, whatever. I don't... Helmut Marco doesn't think that. No, people mm -mm. don't think... I, I don't... I, I genuinely don't believe how any... Like, how you think that would make him look good that he can't pass the Aston Martin like Not on but the it was exciting story. racing so I would I loved that I love enjoyment to your point great all right final poll the Brazil GP weekend and this has become my traditional last poll now who will be the fastest non-Red Bull team at the Vegas GP which is our next race the options were McLaren Ferrari Aston Martin other where'd you vote I voted McLaren as did most people, 64% of people voted for McLaren. But I will point out that this week, Ferrari got some votes at 27%. <gasps> and wow. other got 9% of the votes, which I think are some positive Mercedes fans holding on to some hope. And Aston Martin got none. Wow, that's so great. I'm so excited for Ferrari, though. They never they get votes. votes in these polls. I know. Uh, so make sure you go follow us at Gridwalk Show uh, to participate in the polls after the Vegas GP. We didn't point out to the people listening to the pod yet that you've completed the circle of the, the comment you made last week and you are wearing your 1989 Taylor's version cardigan. Yeah, so some crazy magic happened. Maybe I'm on like a magic Swifty list. I have no idea. But I didn't think I was going to get this cardigan until like January of 2024. And then... It arrived, so maybe Taylor Swift listens to Gridwalk and heard that I purchased this cardigan instead of buying a Danny Rick Red Bull hat, and this is her like being like, I support you, you made a good decision, go Mercedes, here's your uh, 1989 cardigan, like crazy early, so I felt like I needed to, you know, complete, I didn't lie, I didn't buy the Danny Rick hat because I did buy this. <laughs> so not only are we about to dive into some incredibly fun marketing things that is some of Gridwalk's favorite things to talk about. But 
it is the continued involvement of brands that are not only like geared towards females, but makeup brands. Makeup brands being involved in motorsports has grown this year to like a level that's probably never been seen before because females presence in motorsports has just been becoming more and more evident. So what kicked off this entire segment was last week, Bianca Bustamante announced as one of her newest sponsors is Anastasia Beverly Hills. And funny enough, earlier we talked about RuPaul's Drag Race, which is also sponsored by Anastasia Beverly Hills. And now they are good investments. Incredible, wonderful investments. I wonder if Bianca gets a lifetime supply of Anastasia Beverly Hills. They have also sponsored my eyebrows today and every single day because they have the best brow pencil. This is a not sponsored segment. But But I would totally accept one. (laughs) I would totally, 100%. Anastasia, highly highly recommend many of your products. Um, But it's crazy of... Their involvement is not just that they're sponsoring her. There's a logo on the race suit. There's a Anastasia logo on the car livery. It's so very present. It's so very loud. And Anastasia would not be putting their money here if they did not think their customer was here. And that is us. We are here. We are here. We are here. Um, so there's been a couple of examples of this. But initially, what are your thoughts? How hyped are you? How unimpressed are you? But I think I know where you're falling. No, no, no. We've, we've of course, talked about this offline, and I'm super hyped. And I will always be excited when a brand that you don't traditionally attach to the traditional motorsports audience, like, learns and understands that their audience is watching motorsports and is supporting drivers, and then they back that up by sponsoring them. Uh, so, yeah, Bianca's doing, like, a one-off race in November. Uh, that's a street circuit race. And the livery on the car with the Anastasia Beverly Hills logo is unbelievably cool in my opinion uh these sponsorship investments particularly one as visible as this is going to be um and bianca has an incredible social media following that she pushed all this out to they only make that kind of financial investment if they know that the right eyeballs are watching which means that this brand understands that makeup wearers of any gender are watching bianca and watching her race and watching that race series and so it's, it's just so great to see more non-traditional brands like that get involved in motorsports because they're seeing us. They know we exist and it is very exciting. Not Gridwalk, non-traditional motorsports viewers like like us. Like us as a collective, not Gridwalk. But hi! Oh, <laughs> hello! Uh, it's also so funny of when also we... Brianna made a really great video about this on all of our short forms, so if you'd like, go check that out. But while, like, doing the editing, ooh, behind the scenes of this, looking at the Anastasia Beverly Hills Instagram and scrolling, and you see makeup, 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 and then there's, like, this motorsports post of the car livery and Bianca, so it's so crazy of, like, them also highlighting that amongst all of their products where you feel like it wouldn't fit, but, like, to us it makes so much sense because, hi, we are the demo, and we are their customers, and... They are advertising a driver that you and I have been supporting and rooting for and we've seen have success and also love what she's done in the pivot on her social media. So this is checking every single box for me across the board. I think it is my favorite. Ooh, it's close. I think personally, just because I am such an Anastasia like loyalist, it is like my favorite makeup collaboration in motorsports of the year, but there have been a couple. That have okay, been so great. I am still really partial to the Elf Cosmetics sponsorship that Catherine got at the Indy 500. Also because of all the activations that they did with her, where they brought her into the store and they filmed additional content. So I really felt like they maximized that sponsorship really well. Um, also, I think part of it is like the Indy 500 is such a big deal. Huge. And that's why, so like Elf being a sponsor of a female driver participating in the Indy 500 just felt so big and cool in the moment. And I believe she was on Good Morning America talking about it. If not, it was one of the other morning shows. Uh, But this is, 
like this just feels like another like stack on that like i wonder if anastasia beverly hills is going to which is such a mouthful um which is, is going to follow bianca to f1 academy next year as one of her sponsors because f1 academy drivers still have to get a uh, hundred thousand dollars in sponsorship every year so i hope that's the case um so just every single one of these is good but the elf cosmetics for the indy 500 was was pretty high up on my list i don't know if yeah. this seats that no, it definitely is really cool. Uh, maybe I'm, like, trying to manifest that they saw that Catherine and Elf partnership and see everything that they did, and they kind of try to make it that way, because I totally believe that. I also love that Catherine's helmet has, like, the Elf logo, and, like, that kind of branding is really sick. So hopefully that will, you know, continue with Anastasia. And then something that we've also talked about before um, is for Miami GP this year, Tarte Cosmetics did an entire brand trip to the Miami GP. So just the fact that they recognize that inviting influencers to attend an event and they had some of the biggest brand trips this year with their Tarte Island and the different things that everyone was talking about. So the fact that this brand felt that would be important enough to have influencers creating any sort of content or having their branding associated. Like they had all this stuff of like the Tarte Raceway and different things like that. And Miami is not cheap. So that's definitely an investment uh, for sure. It was really cool that they even thought to go to the Miami GP this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think sponsorship, money, put your money where your mouth is of where you're supporting and wanting to your customers to see it. Because as someone that already really enjoyed Elf and Anastasia Beverly Hills, it's just like reinforcing more that I want to keep buying that. We have seen a couple skincare brands this year that sponsored Lewis Hamilton and Yuki Tsunoda. Uh, but they, they've been very, like, clinical skincare brands, so I wouldn't call them beauty skincare brands if I'm going to classify and get really nerdy about it. But, but we do have Alex Albom with CeraVe, and that yes, is my... Right. We, I believe I wash my face with the same face wash that Alex Albon washes his face with. I think I do, too. Uh, so I, I always feel like, you know, once is random, two could just still be random. But once you start to get a third one and a fourth one with the Alex Alvin Sarah V, like it definitely feels like we're starting to see a trend emerge of brands and like beauty brands understanding that being involved in Formula One and motorsports in general is a place they want to be because they're customers there. And that's exciting. And I'm ex like, if we're at the end of 2023, like this makes me really hopeful for the types of brands we should start to see in 2024 if the trend continues. Okay, I need to fangirl. I need to fangirl. I'm very excited. And I can't believe we didn't fangirl about this last week, but I'm excited to fangirl about it this week. So, disclaimer, of course, we're an F1 pod. We're not a NASCAR pod. I don't even watch NASCAR. I keep a like, peripheral, like, eye on it because motorsports and, like, you know, interest, overlap, etc. And I like to see the cool sponsorship and marketing things they do. Early, like, I think the last time we talked about NASCAR on this podcast was when Wawa did a sponsorship with NASCAR, yeah. and I was so excited about the Wawa cars. Well, similar reason right now. Star Wars and Columbia, the clothing brand, did a sponsorship of Bubba Wallace's car this weekend, and it looked, they made the car look like an X-Wing, and he was wearing a Star Wars flight suit, the orange flight suit, and his helmet looked like a Star Wars helmet, and R2-D2 was at the race, and it was one of the coolest things, and they announced it with a video with Mark Hamill, who, by the way, is Luke Skywalker, and it was, I, ah! And then in the commercial, and Mark Hamill's like, you're gonna need this, and then it's the helmet, and I'm just like, this is, this is incredible marketing, you're making such a great decision. I mean, like, it is, anytime a organization is able to utilize the Star Wars branding, like, it's, like, such a magical, beautiful recipe when they do it the right way, and numerous times in racing we've seen before that, like, with F1 and Red Bull doing an entire really sick livery, like, ah, ah! It, wow. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, I'll just very that. blurry. I mean, I know what you're talking about, but we'll put a beautiful insert of yeah, just being yeah. able to see it. I can't believe R2-D2 is at the race. They, like, even extended beyond the, like, just the advertisement of it, which is also a fantastic, like, very... Anytime Mark Hamill, like, gets into an advertisement of, like, being Luke As Skywalker, Luke. 
It is so motivational and, like, crazy because it's also going to tug on, like, every single person's heartstrings from, like, the young Star Wars lover to the original Star Wars lover. So, marketing, check, 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 check. Like, you're really hitting the nail on the head here. And I'm really sorry to his teammate, Tyler Riddick, who, yes, he also had a spaceship as a car, and he dressed up as an Imperial officer, and stormtroopers were there. But that just was significantly less cool because he's... He's dressing up as a fascist. So, like, I'm sorry, but Bubba Wallace got to be an X-Wing pilot, and it was so cool! (laughs) (laughs) And Tyler Riddick, you seem like a cool dude, and you just got the short straw, because you didn't get to, like, be, like, Jedi-inducted by Mark Hamill and drive an X-Wing. But it was still cool that they gave you Stormtroopers. So I just didn't want to forget the other half of this collab. But R2-D2, and... I will always be obsessed with any connection to, like, a fighter pilot in general, but also a Star Wars fighter pilot and racing. And they've done this with, like, F1 cars before as well. And George Lucas, who created Star Wars, was a massive F1 fan. Well, not was. Is a massive F1 fan. And he he actually talked about, like, the feeling in a dogfight in one of the Star Wars movies needs to feel like an F1 race. And so, like, there's all these parallels of pod racing in episode one is basically just him wanting to create F1 in The sound of pod racers in episode one is Formula One cars, which was news that I got to share with Brianna before I let Star Wars into my life and just thought it was like, that's a fact. And now I think that's, like, the sickest fact ever. So, yes, this segment is just me screaming in excitement about how incredibly cool I thought this Columbia and Star Wars partnership with, like... The 23 team in NASCAR, which is the one that Michael Jordan owns, is did this weekend. Like It was brilliant, brilliant marketing, and I will get hyped about anything Star Wars and racing. I want them to do a Star Wars livery in F1 again. It's been, I think it's been since episode three when they did the one in Monaco for Red Bull. So I can't like, talk about episode three. I can't, I can't, I can't talk about it. I can't, I'm, nope, can't do it. I'll just cry. All right, we have a fun edition of Grill the Gridwalk Hosts, where one of us sends frantic texts to the other person when F1 drops a Grill the Grid or adjacent-like content on the YouTube channel, going, don't watch the video today because we want to create this content. So a couple weeks ago, F1 dropped kind of a Pictionary drawing challenge on their YouTube, and Nicole has not seen it. So I have pulled the four drawings that represent different phrases. And I'm going to share the image and Nicole is going to have to do what some of the drivers did, which is guess what this drawing is. They're F1 phrases? Yes. Oh, I'm gonna Uh, forget everything that I know about this entire sport. (laughs) Yep, that's okay. There are four photos we're gonna look at today that represent, there are two photos that represent the same thing. Just so you're aware. That feels like a trap, but okay. It does. <laughs> yeah. Um, they do all kind of relate to each other. They're all in like similar realms, except for one of them is a little out of left field. Cool. I don't know cool. if these hints are helping or hurting you. but I honestly see. don't know. I, I kind of feel the same. Don't know right. if they're helping or hurting, but let's, yeah, sure. And we will give you a time limit, but not a guess limit. So you have, this you'll have. This is fortune. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give you like a loose 20, 30 seconds or until you have zero things to yell out. Okay? Okay. You can, you can give up. Um, so Oscar drew this and Max had to guess what it was. Uh, Max guessed incorrectly. So if you guessed this correctly, you, you got it and Max didn't. But hopefully that actually just makes you feel better if you don't get it. That this is a racing concept. Oh, and- God. The world champion didn't guess it correctly. Oh, no. All right. Ready? Guess. Okay. Oh, it's an undercut. It is an undercut. I thought that this was an incredible drawing by Oscar Piastri for an undercut. Congratulations. That was great. Well, I saw the scissor and I said, well, that's a cut. And then I said, okay, so the top one's going to be under or over, and it's pointing under a table. Yeah, how did Max not get that? All I know is that Max did get cut, but he didn't get undercut. Cool, okay, well, 
Hi, everyone. Right. I'm the new driver's championship of F1. Nice to meet you. Because <laughs> you're better at Pictionary. I'm better at Pictionary right. than Max Verstappen. So, Nico Hulkenberg drew this next photo. And K-Mag had to guess it, and he did guess incorrectly. Who drew, who drew this? Nico Hulkenberg. And I actually think it's a pretty good drawing. I'm impressed Nico with the drawing. Hulkenberg. I mean... This it looks like a turn, but something's happening at the turn. Ten is seconds. it gravel trap? Nope. D apex. Nope. I will say it's an action to give you a hint. Um. Oh. Oh. I honestly, I really Five. can't. Um. Uh, lifting, unbreaking. I don't know. Turning. And like, time up. No idea. It was corner cutting. Oh, okay, I do see that now. It I just... personally think that he didn't cut the corner enough to make this obvious. I oh my god, that's a car. I thought that oh, was yes. like a like a boom collision. That's <laughs> a car. Oh, okay. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. All right. Drawing number three. This is fun. <laughs> I think this is this was a fun video idea that F1 put together. And the way F1's video worked is that when someone guessed incorrectly, that was what the next person had to draw. So there was like a chain. I just pulled the images for you. Yeah. That's a fun idea. All right. George drew this. And Charles was the one who got to guess it. And he guessed correctly. Um, okay. This... He, why did George get colors? No one else I think had colors. He color. was the only one who decided to use the colors. That sounds very George of him. Yeah. Okay. The, the, whatever I have to. Whatever the yellow is. Is the finish line? Finish line. Lights out. Is it the Ten light? Seconds. No. Um. Oh, track limits. Oh no. Yes. 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 It's track limits. <laughs> And for those of you who also haven't watched this YouTube video yet, um, George gave a full description about why he decided to draw it this way. And I, I really do think it was a good description, and I think it was a good drawing. I really almost, after I said track limits, I was like, oh no, I almost just screamed pyramid curbs. But like, this had to be shot way before all that went down. <laughs> yeah, this is all shot at their like beginning of season media day. It's their press day. Okay. Um, so the hint I'll give you for this one is I said at the beginning that one of the three things you said has repeated. So you really just need to figure out for this final drawing that Lando did, which of the three you've already seen. Dead. Lan yeah. And Lance was the one who had to guess from Lando's drawing, and he guessed correctly. Cool. Sick. I feel really confident. Bum, 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 bum. This is corner cutting. It is not. No. no? Wah, wah, wah. Track limits? This, this was Lando's drawing for track limits. This was a trap. I know exactly <laughs> what you did here. That is. See, if but if I didn't tell you that it repeated, you would guess everything else that is not one of those three because you'd be like, oh, Brianna wouldn't like, like the content yep. wouldn't repeat. Brianna wouldn't pull a repeat, but nope. No, Lando spent is... more time doodling his own logo than he did on the actual, like, drawing, so, um... But I honestly think his drawing for track limits is pretty clear. That, you know, yes, you can't go that way, you can go that way. Because that was also, my brain is so used to thinking of, like, track limits, they're, like, on the outs. Like, you're going, like, it's like a right. wide turn, and you're not, like, that just seems so... And yes. this was the setup, it seems like. That is literally <laughs> corner-cutting. But fine. <laughs> and that was this week's Grill the Gridwalk host. We do have a full playlist of every other time we've done this. We've done this for almost every Grill the Grid that they've put out this season. One of us was put on the hot seat to see if we could do better than F1 drivers. So go check out that playlist. I just opened up my Twitter while you were going to the bathroom to the news that Jason Kelsey is one of the finalists for Sexiest Men Alive this year. <gasps> wait, but we're all, wait, wow, wait, whoa, wait, hold on. Uh-huh. They're announcing tonight, I think, isn't it? This It's at midnight. They teased it. It's going to be Pedro Pascal. I mean, I honestly think it should be Pedro Pascal. I mean, it should. But sexy Batman? Yeah. Wait, is this... 
Are you sure this isn't from like an Eagles account that like edited Jason into the finalist? No. But I, either way, I didn't, I was about to fact check it. And I was like, in case it is true, I'm going to catch Nicole off guard with a recording to react. I didn't know what you were about to tell me, but it definitely Uh wasn't that. Um, People.com. I mean, that's a hot picture of Jason and I'm very confused by it. No, Jason Kelsey is hot. Oh, no, 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 no. But it's just never, like, one of the first words I used to describe him. This is (laughs) 1,000%. Oh, my God. This is literally only happening. So as behind the curtain, as we are filming this, this is Tuesday. And I also know that another podcast called New Heights also films on Tuesday. So I could 1,000% believe that Jason somehow got his way into being a finalist of Sexiest Man Alive, just like I could talk about it on the podcast, being like, oh, Travis Kelsey's on the map. Well, guess who's a finalist for Sexiest Man Alive? Not Travis. This is the same man who didn't understand why he had the number one female-selling jersey in the entire league. And it wasn't... It, he had the number one-selling jersey in the league as a woman's jersey. And it was, he didn't know what that meant. He didn't no, know what... He's like, he was like, have boobs. It's men with boobs. And you're like, no, that's not no, what a woman's jersey women is. love you. <laughs> women love you, Jason. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And I just... Oh, my God. I need to hear what his wife has to say about this. If she, She's our, her response is she can fight. She already responded right? on the New Heights episode of This Is She's Mine. Incredible. And that's it. And I honestly, you were right. And I go ahead. The 100%. pop culture weirdness and moment that would be the center of the Philadelphia Eagles on the cover of People's Sexiest Man Alive would be one of the most confusing, confounding moments of my entire life. And I want it to happen. I have over there. I have two things hanging framed on my wall. I have the cover of the magazine from the Eagles winning the Super Bowl in 2018. And I have a cover of the magazine uh, from when Kobe died. I will add a third one, which is the cover of the People's Magazine as Jason Kelsey. That's the sexiest man alive. If this happens, it would go up there with the rest of them. And when Pedro Pascal wins, it would also be as historic, but also... But like, wow! If but it not is, the same. Said, no, Won't not the same. Won't end up on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't talk about this on New Heights, I'm gonna be so disappointed. The also funny thing is that I'm gonna edit this all into content, and then everyone's gonna be listening to this, knowing what actually happened. But like, this is behind the scenes. Hope it was fun. <laughs> well, this is our last segment before Yellow Sector Notes today. And we figured it was a good transition segment away from the horror show that was the Brazil GP weekend into what will probably be one of the most chaotic, crazy weekends of the Vegas GP. Reminder that all next week is going to be our Vegas GP preview, so let us know what you want us to preview and talk about. But in pop culture this week, U2, which is doing a residency at the Spear in Las Vegas, is like did a two-minute thing about passing off Vegas from their residency to Formula One for the next couple weeks. And this whole thing blew my mind as the small child who just like grew up listening to so much U2 and like Bono being Bono. But he said in here that men and women climb into rockets and try to stay on Earth and not achieve orbit or something like that is his quote. And then he goes, It's a little like rock and roll, actually. And I just, I want Bono to describe Formula One. I want him to get on the commentary and talk about climbing into rockets for the entire Vegas GP weekend. That is my hope. Please don't leave. Please go to the race. No, you should literally pull an LL Cool J uh, for the Vegas GP and just (gasps) introduce all the drivers because he basically is already practicing. Yeah. Yeah. So he introed Max Verstappen as one of the four great things out of Holland. And then he called Lewis Hamilton the most elegant man on the circuit. The Monaco model himself, Charles Leclerc. And he ended with the right person to bring peace between Formula One and NASCAR, Daniel Ricciardo. And for starters, it's such a great selection of four drivers as like if you were collecting the ban of F1, which does lead me to wonder like if you were putting together like 
Like he put Lewis on the bass, Max on the drums, Charles on the guitar, and Daniel Ricardo with the vocals. Like Daniel Ricardo definitely will be the one with the vocals in this band. I don't know if Max, I mean, Max would take out his aggression on the drums. I don't know. I think it's a pretty good F1 band if we're like putting together based on personality. Yeah, no, I think this is like a pretty sick uh, setup and I could see everyone working here. I think the only one that I would have had in these places is Danny Rick as a uh, singer. I think I would have had Lewis. Actually, no, Max on drums. I would have had Lewis on guitar and Charles on bass just because I feel like Charles is in like this moody, like bass strumming, like, yeah. you know, that's just yeah, where 100%. he feels right now. And Lewis would be able to like rip some really sick guitar solos or even drum solos. Um, yeah. But the bridging the peace between formula one and nascar for danny rick is just like wow bono gets it bono like 100 yeah. percent knows it and also if you anyone who watches the video it's literally him introducing all of his band members of like taking on this persona as all of these drivers uh and i think he selected i mean he had to obviously pick max verstappen like that's obviously where he had to start but the fact that then he goes to lewis charles and danny rick made me love bono even more than i already did and i think Bono is a pretty well-reported like F1 fan. Yeah. Um, but I just, I don't think I can get past the like decent insult of one of the four great things to come out of Holland. <laughs> like, I mean, I get it. Like, it's a small country, but like, come on. Give more credit, I guess. But <laughs> it's, yeah, really wild. Like, Vegas is already, there's so many, gosh, we're going to, this the next episode, you're going to think we're, like, going to Vegas. We're so excited about it. I wish. And there's, you know, like, a lot of things that you could say about the track and the racing and whatever. That will be is big. We talk about. Yeah, big question mark, and we will talk about it. But at least the activities off track are going to be unique, one of a kind. Nothing that I think F1 has ever seen before. And right up our for alley. For good or bad. For good or bad. And at least Gridwalk will be here to at least attempt to translate, like, what the attempt was here, at least. And uh, if they were able to succeed in things, because it's going to be like a marketing Disney world. I, I think we're both pretty on the record where we say we want spectacle and chaos. And so next week in the preview, we will... Uh, kind of set the rubric of what will make this a good spectacle versus a bad spectacle. What will mean this is a success or a failure in F1's eyes, in our eyes as viewers and watchers. But I am hyped for two weeks of glitz, glam, chaos, Vegasness all over F1. Bring on the sequins and like potentially one of the biggest gossip grids that I've been anticipating all year. Welcome back to Yellow Sector Notes. Not the fastest walk around F1, but we will complete a full lap around the paddock hitting every F1 garage. Starting with F1, they announced an extension for the Brazilian GP this weekend. They are extended through 2030. Patron is partnering with Sergio Perez again for another US-based Grand Prix ticket giveaway for the Vegas GP. Make sure you enter. Mission 44, Lewis Hamilton's nonprofit, announced plans to enter Brazil, adding it to the list of countries they plan on entering in the upcoming year. They currently do work in Great Britain, but plan to expand to Brazil now, the US and South Africa all within the next year. Ferrari is so obsessed with putting numbers on the stomach of their merch. This is now becoming a trend I don't understand. And uh, you'll, you'll, if you haven't seen the Ferrari Vegas merch and the Ferrari USGP merch, just put them side by side. I don't get it, I don't understand. McLaren extended their partnership with sports clothing brand Mitchell and Ness with a line of jersey-inspired McLaren merch for the Vegas GP. They did this last year for the US GP. Uh, it was really sick last year. It's really cool this year. Uh, Ferrari, take notes. It was announced that Felipe Drogovic will remain as the Aston Martin reserve driver this upcoming year. Williams sponsor Duracell is also doing a Vegas GP ticket giveaway, so make sure to enter that one this week as well. All right, cool story going on with Alvatari. Alvatari announced a partnership with the Japanese franchise Gundam. The impact of the Gundam franchise in Japan is often compared to the massive cultural impact that Star Wars had here in America. So it is a huge, huge brand. It has now expanded globally. Big deal. This is a really big sponsorship deal that they're doing. They're going to be doing pop-up stores around the track in Vegas. They're putting logos on the car and in other places. Plus, they made a custom Alphatari mech, which looks incredible. 
Uh, plus the promo that Yuki did for it was really cool. So love seeing this doesn't get me as hyped as the Star Wars thing earlier in the show, but like I understand that it's on that level. So it's really cool that this is happening for the Vegas GP. All right, in some more serious news, Haas exercised its right to review this week over the results of the USGP, uh, stating that track limits were not equitably... It, that they, they basically said that more track limit penalties should have happened, and it wasn't equal across the board during the race. To which I say, duh, we all know that, but now we get to wait and see if the FIA is too prideful or if they're willing to admit what we all already know. Um, some timeline to this, they had uh, the t- Wednesday... The day before you're listening to this, they did the like, hearing where everyone came and testified. And then there's going to be an additional date that is yet to be announced where they announce the results of said hearing. Stay tuned. We'll keep you up to date. That is the Gridwalk for November 9th, 2023 completed. How's my sector time today, Nicole? Faster than I got my 1989 cardigan. <laughs> Thank you to Voiceover Man, F1 Multiviewer, still the real one, and our four-legged executive producers. If you are watching this on YouTube, hey, what's up? Subscribe before you click away, like the video, and leave us a comment with what you want us to talk about in our preview for Vegas. There's so much happening with the Vegas GP. We really want to make sure we hit that everything that you guys want us to talk about. If you're an audio listener, don't forget to follow, turn on auto downloads. That's the best thing that you can do for us if you love or care about our well-being at all. And then you can rate and review the pod while you're there. Really, all of these things that you do with interacting our sh- with interacting with our show really, really help other people find our podcast. And we really appreciate you and it'll give you great karma points. Join us for our daily grid walks on every single social media platform that you can think of. We are at Gridwalk Show on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and Threads. We'll be back to walk the F1 grid every Thursday, and we sincerely hope that you join us. Today felt like a cliffhanger that Brown had to leave her book for and not a grid walk. <laughs>